Hola, friend. Welcome to episode 27, How to Fill Your Artistic Cup. Hola, I'm Melissa B. Cartwright, voice and performance coach and Latin creative with over 20 years of professional singing experience and encouraging others to do the same. I believe that both mental and vocal preparation is key to creating confident performing artists. You'll hear stories and advice from me and my guests that will make you think, it'll make you laugh, but most importantly, it will make you walk away saying, phew, I'm glad I'm not the only one. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, y bienvenido to Cafecito with the Coach. Saludos, saludos. Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Cafecito with the Coach. I admit I haven't been as consistent posting because if you listened to the last episode in episode 26, life's been a little full in the most beautiful of ways. I was down in Tyrone, Georgia, participating in the world premiere of a brand new musical, Pelagius, a new musical. And if you listen to that episode um, with Mark and Bethany Smith, they told you all about it. And if you haven't, go check it out. Super cool. So I am officially back home. We had a beautiful closing, a beautiful run, well-received by audiences. And something that surprised me about this, it should not have surprised me, (laughs) but it did, was how much I was going to have to invest emotionally, even spiritually, mentally and physically into this artistic endeavor. It's a beautiful show, but there are some very complex themes, some very deep themes. And it required a level of attention and care um, in the character development and how I was going to portray that in my voice, in my body as I moved, um, the way that I delivered the lines, the, the chemistry and the camaraderie with my scene partners and with my fellow castmates so that we could authentically share this story, right, and, and make it compelling for the audience. And while I was doing that, I was still teaching remotely. I was still seeing my singing clients and, and, and meeting them from afar. And, you know, wanting to be there for them, of course, as well. My husband was holding down the fort back here in Virginia with my wonderful daughters, and we were doing our best to co-parent him being present, me being afar, and helping out as much as I could, you know, geographically not being there. And you know what? It was hard, but it worked. And would we do it all over again? Absolutely. So this episode really, it's just, it's kind of, if you will, we're just, it really is just a conversation, just a heart to heart, just kind of me sharing my experiences with, with moments that surprised me, but how did I fill my cup back up when I poured myself out in those ways into the art that I was creating? How did I take care of myself? <laughs> how did how did I I learn from my peers as well about the things that they were doing? And I even took it to Instagram. I got on my Instagram stories and I asked you, what non-singing slash performance activities re-energize you? Here are some of the things that you said. Somebody said playing piano, which still is performance, but maybe, maybe you don't do it for a living. Maybe it's just Simply therapy, and that's awesome. Somebody said isolation tank floating. Hello, which made me Google it. It was super fascinating. Walking and hiking is definitely a popular one. I know that I love movement. 
Um, watercolor, watercolor painting and gardening, exercise, Pilates, yes, gardening and cooking. So we see some common themes here, right? Sometimes for a performing artist like ourselves, Visual arts, right, is a wonderful outlet, just exercises another part of our brain. And we find like we can unplug or get lost in something else and then come back to our art in a fresh way. I'm going to share with you some of the things that I did how I felt in the process. And, you know, we're just going to let the spirit lead, if you will, you know, in in this conversation. And hopefully you can draw some nuggets for yourself. And I'd also love to hear from you. So you can always send me a DM on Instagram. You can um, comment. Now we have a podcast page on the website. I'll include all of that information in the show notes. I am a morning girl. And as performers, morning for you may be six o'clock in the morning. It may be 12 o'clock in the afternoon. But those first few moments when I wake up are pretty sacred for me. It's where I get my head space right for the day ahead. Um, I find stillness. I find quiet. I have my cup of cafecito, of course. And it's where I can read or journal or get ready to go exercise. And even being geographically away from my normal rhythm, because I was living in cast housing with a beautiful uh, group of people, you know, a lot of them did sleep in, you know, so I still could afford those first few moments of the day to myself curled up on the couch, and just getting my mind right. And so those were beautiful moments for me to process Whatever took place the day before, the night before, in rehearsals, in a show. Um, And a lot of those moments were moments of gratitude. Sometimes I'd cry (laughs) because I know that for me specifically in the role that I was playing, there are some very tragic moments that happens with the character that I play, but then some very inspirational moments. So the pendulum of that of that crying, of that cathartic release with tears, um, swung from sadness to celebration. And within that, you know, I still had a process, even though I knew that my husband and my kids were so supportive at home, I missed them terribly, you know, just like, what is it like for me to be in this space by myself, basically on a business trip? And I'll share a little personal insight with you. You know, I, Before having kids, I used to take business trips actually quite frequently when I used to work in radio and television. But since having kids and since not having worked in that space, you know, in my marriage, my spouse was the one who'd take a lot of business trips in in his previous job, you know. So it's not that, um, it's not that like I didn't want to or take any time for myself. I just never really thought about taking time to myself. And what this whole experience for me personally was like, it was almost like a mini retreat personally, like a time to rediscover who I am when I'm not actively wearing that hat. I will always be, you know, mother to my children and, and wife to my husband. But in this setting, it was just me, Melissa, the artist. and time to actually think about that. And what I find a lot of times in conversations with artists that I work with, whether we're colleagues, whether they're a client, is that 
The art that we create is sometimes so deeply personal, especially if you're creating that music from scratch, right? It's like, here's my baby. Don't tell me my baby's ugly. (laughs) And there's a deep personal connection. And it's like, hi, do you like this? And we attach a lot of our value, our self-worth based on external validation. That's the kind of career we've chosen by be, by being a performing artist. It brings us joy to to bring joy through the gift of art and in this instance it's song, dance, musicianship, right? And so what happens is that our happiness, our validation, right? A lot of times we depend on other people to confirm that for us. And I found myself really getting into Oh, that spiral, I'll call it a spiral instead of a trap, (laughs) but a spiral of, am I getting enough external validation, be it from my director, being from my peers, whatever. And, and having to really take that time in the morning to reset and be like, wait a second, what's my purpose here? What am I created to do? And when I was able to go back and revisit that for myself personally, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm a storyteller. I'm a vessel through which I can portray so many emotions and and bring people along in that experience. And it just happens to be right now in the form of acting, singing, and dancing. And so it's a question I want to pose to you, you know, like if heaven forbid anything happened to your skill set, be it singing, being dancing, being able to play that instrument, who are you apart from that? And if we can get back to the essence of who we really are, that we're, we're not just a singer. We're not only a singer. We're not only a musician. We're not only a dancer. We're not only performing artists. We are human beings. And there's so many facets to who we are and that bring us joy and make us feel alive. So the stillness for me invited me to come back to that part of me that's like, you know what? I'm a whole integrated person. And I, again, have the blessing, the honor of being able to express myself through this medium. So if you kind of find yourself lately just feeling in a funk and being just starving for that external validation, be it from the amount of likes and follows you have on, you know, on social media or just like, well, dang, it does, is this really working out for me? Am I, am, you know, am I doing the right thing? Or you find yourself in that grind and that hustle of getting gigs, auditioning, whatever it may be. I just want you to take a moment to pause. And I want you to think about even a childhood memory, right? That brought you lots of joy, lots of joy, where you just felt like you come alive. Um, I remember one of my um, peers, and I love her to death. She and She's going to listen to this and be like, you called me out. <laughs> I love you, girl. Um, she mentioned swinging on a swing set helps her feel grounded, helps her revisit that part of her childhood that she adores so much. So even something like that, and I'm sure that gardening, hiking, all the things that you told me on Instagram are the things that somehow in some way make you feel alive or make you feel grounded, which is super important. So I mentioned walking, and for me, walking is more than just good exercise. It's really more for my brain. And when I don't give myself an outlet to move my body in some form or fashion, the anxiety builds up. 
And as I've mentioned before, if you've known me for any amount of time here on the podcast, I'm very candid about my journey with generalized anxiety disorder. And I've learned this about myself that I really need to give myself that outlet. And so I noticed that on the days that I didn't give myself any space for movement, those wheels were turning. I remember one day specifically during our tech rehearsal, I didn't do that. I I just woke up. I just kind of laid around and there's nothing wrong with purposeful rest. But I still had that thought in my mind. You should maybe just go out, you know, just get a few steps in, whatever. But I was, no, I just kind of floated. And then it was time to do some lesson prep because I was still teaching remotely that day before our tech rehearsal. And I remember that I actually, I had a quick turnaround time by the time I ended my last lesson had a you know chance to eat, pack up, get what I needed so that all together we could go to the theater um, with my fellow castmates. And I remember sitting in the car and my castmates, I love them. We would always pump some fun music in the car, just, you know, just to have fun together on our way to the theater. And I'm listening to Fergalicious, <laughs> listening to Fergie bumping. And all I wanted to do was look out the window and just cry. And I thought, why is my body reacting this way? Why am I feeling shortness of breath? And I, I know that about myself with anxiety. You know, I almost felt like I was on the verge of a panic attack. And so I just started breathing deep. I was, but what was happening is I was also trying to suppress because I didn't want to let on, you know, that something was up with me. What I did do is that once we got to the theater, we had a few extra minutes. And I must have done like five or 10 laps around the theater parking lot. (laughs) And I thought to myself, well, Mel, I think you just answered your question. You know, your body was craving movement. Your brain was craving movement. You didn't, you didn't give it, you know, you didn't give me the movement that I was craving. So I'm going to make you do this now. If not, you will not be able to continue the way that you do. And so being knowing yourself kind of going back to our first question of who you are apart from your art when you give yourself space to do that you find out the things that make you tick that make you feel good those routines uh you can call them superstitions if you will you know whatever it is that you need to get your head in the game please make sure that you give yourself plenty of time to do that i did feel better after that i still cried a few tears just again tears Tears aren't always a bad thing. Sometimes it is just the release that your body needs. And between the walking, the tears, and a few sweet hugs from some castmates, I got my head in the game, had a lovely run that night, and learned, don't do that again. (laughs) Don't do that again. So move your body, allow those somatic releases to take place, however that works for you. So just as much as we need movement, we need sleep. Okay. Holy cow, do we need sleep? And it we could do all the practicing every single day. You know, we can exercise every single day. We can do all the right things, right? But really the glue that holds it all together for your body and for your voice is sleep. Is sleep in whichever way it needs to come. And I'm not here to give you a study, you know, on how many hours of sleep you should have. You can do the research because it's different for everybody. But I do know that on the nights where I didn't sleep well, I could have done all the right things and it still wouldn't have felt like my very best. Again, because I've done the work of knowing my body, knowing my brain and what they need, right? So I can't stress enough just how beautiful and powerful the gift of sleep 
is. And if you continuously have interrupted sleep, I would definitely recommend go see a medical professional, get that checked out. You owe it to yourself, not just to your singing and to your career, but also to your quality of life. Yeah. So don't forget to get that good sleep. Celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month cantando en el idioma de tu corazón. Puedes aprender a cantar tus canciones favoritas con nueve videos tutoriales, más de 25 ejercicios vocales y recibirás un 20% de descuento en clases privadas. Comienza a cantar en mbcperformance.com. NBCPerformance.com. So I mentioned before that somebody told me that they enjoyed piano as their non-performance activity. So I'm guessing that they actually don't do this for a living. And something that I was thinking about, especially yesterday, as it was my first day home from the contract, from this big, huge experience, and that I enjoyed so much was the gift of dance. Now, obviously, yes, I was dancing in this musical theater show as part of a performance activity. But I kept thinking, you know, the times where I do feel most alive is usually when I'm dancing and not necessarily taking a dance class, but I'm talking about thump some music, shake my tush, dancing. <laughs> and, and I looked back on my life and I looked back on my childhood and there's a great song by Ben Platt, actually, Dancing in My Childhood Bedroom. I think it's, I, I think that's it. I'll make, I'll make sure. I'll link it in the show notes as well. I resonate so much with that song because I realized that as at an early age, this whole physical movement thing, this being in tune with your body as a performer was, I was already building that muscle memory. And I would spend hours in my room with the sh- door shut dancing, singing. My parents would have to come knock on the door, you know, or if they barged in like parents sometimes do, I'd be so embarrassed because it was my time. It was my time. Right. And I remember, and I would say that any of my castmates listening would agree because of the emotional output that we were investing in this show, you know, we talked about, man, we just need to like dance, like dance our hearts out. Right. And I still remember my last night in cast housing with these people that I adore. We pushed back the couches and we just bumped music and danced probably for a solid hour, hour and a half of just jumping and shaking and just like dancing in a way that felt so free and so fun with each other. And I think my soul was craving that craving that. And I, and I came back thinking my cup is filled. My cup is filled as much as I adore this project, as much as I maybe grieve that it's over with just because it was such a beautiful experience. I feel like I hit the reset button on my brain, on my body, even on my voice and on my soul, you know, to be here and record this episode with you and to, and to get to see my clients and to come back to my family and, and not just When I say reset, the whole purpose of resetting isn't necessarily for it to come back to the state it was before. Maybe you are actually being transformed into like a better version of yourself as a person, as an artist, and your art itself maybe is going to get a fresh wind, some new life. Maybe it's going to look a little differently. And I definitely realized that for myself coming back from this contract that Wow. Wow. I'm getting emotional. And I was not expecting to get emotional on this episode, but I'm going to leave it in. It feels like I've grown in such ways that I'm having to examine even some forms of art that I normally do and thinking, what does this look like now for me? 
Like, have I outgrown this medium? You know, do I, do I have fresh inspiration for coming back and playing the piano and singing and songwriting, which I definitely feel like I do. But I say that because filling your cup as an artist means that you take care of your mind, body, spirit, soul, and your instrument, right? Whether that's using your voice, using your body, using your hands. And if when all is said and done, when there's an artist that feels like themselves when they perform, those are the artists that can capture an audience, not just with like flashy lights and and the pomp and the circumstance. They're a person, well, they're a person. (laughs) And no matter how many fans they have, I think it's most powerful when I can relate to an artist, not just because I'm in awe of what they do as an artist, but because I see them for who they are as a human. And at the end of the day, mi amigo, mi amiga, when you're not on stage, who are you, you know, in the backlight? Who are you in the green room? Who are you when you walk out of that theater off that stage? Because that's the person you live with every single moment of the day. So just make sure that you are taking care of you first as a person, and that will also inform, nurture, and ignite your passion for performing. I hope that you walk away feeling super encouraged by this. I'm cheering you on. Please let me know if this resonated with you. You can leave a comment, a review, reach out, send me a message on Instagram, and I can't wait to see what's in store for you. For more information about how to begin your performance journey, visit mvcperformance.com. Hasta la próxima.